This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, Check us out on Off the Floor. That's text directly to your phone, inside information, contest Q&As, and more. $3.05 per month after a one-week trial. Go to Winnow, that's with two N's, winnow.app, that's with two P's, backslash Off the Floor. Also check out the great sponsors, the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes our friend Mark Brown. You can find him at marcbrownpa.com. That's marcbrownpa.com or 954-566-5678. If you have a family, you need an estate plan. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. He'll go through it, all of it. It is not expensive, and it is absolutely necessary. You don't want your money going to somebody after you pass. They really shouldn't be having it. Make sure it goes to your kids, your relatives, whoever it is that should be getting it. Go to Mark. He'll get you the living wills, everything that you can possibly need. Also, he's got a real estate company. Uh, He's a real estate attorney. He's got a title company right there in-house. He can help you with your closings. And also, we know real estate is something that's very important to be passed on to somebody else. So check it out, markbrownpa.com, 954-566-5678. And now, today's episode. Down to this day. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. Today I've got Sean Rochester. You can follow him at S. Rochester NBA. This is the fifth and final episode we're doing Prior to Dwayne Wade's induction, he's going to the Hall of Fame on Saturday night. We'll have that for you on playback. So find us there, playback.tv backslash 5RSN. We'll be following it there, as well as the inductions of Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, Dirk Nowitzki. It's quite a class, uh, and it's quite an appropriate class for Dwayne because there are histories there with everybody uh, on that list, actually. Um, Sean and I today... We're going to cover it from 2014 on. So we've done four episodes already. We had Tony Fiorentino on the rise of the rookie Dwayne. Um, so we covered his first, his drafting, his first season. Then we we went from there into the Shaq years, the Flash years, uh, the rise of Flash with George Sedano of ESPN. He joined uh, Greg and I for that. Um, then after that, we got into the 2008 through 2010 seasons. Our guy Timothy Bain joined, as did uh, Mike Biamonte, the voice of the Miami Heat inside the arena, um, to talk about sort of the, the this is my house era when it was all about Dwayne for those two seasons, two first round exits. We did the big three with Norris Cole. He was there with Dwayne for three of the final four years of the big three era. I had a lot of fun with Norris, Alex and I did. And now Sean and I are going to take you home here into the ceremony. And, and I just I just want to start here, um, Sean, because to me, a lot of this with the conversation about his return and everything, 
it's about 2016, right? It's about the leaving in 2016, the being frustrated. And I'll get into some more inside information on that in a second. Um, and kind of what I knew at the time from Dwayne directly and others around him. But it really goes back to 2014 because LeBron decides he's leaving. He kind of knew it before. There were a lot of hints about it. I've talked about that. Mike Miller told me, like, I don't know. I thought Dwayne was staying because, I'm excuse me, LeBron was staying because everybody in the organization felt LeBron was staying, including the highest levels of the organization, telling me they had nothing to worry about. And then the players, including Mike, who wasn't with the Heat anymore, um, he had been in Memphis the previous season, were contacting me or they were contacting me back and saying, he's gone. Like, LeBron's gone. Like, he's decided he's gone. My, Mike asked me, he's like, he's like, you found any restaurants in Cleveland yet? And this was like before the announcement happened. So I didn't know what was going to happen before the essay with Lee Jenkins um, that was written in Sports Illustrated. But I had started to lean to that point. Like, I think the players know better than the Heat upper level management knows at this stage. And the players turned out to be right. And of course, Dwayne got on that plane with LeBron uh, from Vegas. Remember, there were the pictures taken. There was all this like Zapruder film during that period of time. Uh, and what Dwayne knew and what Dwayne didn't know. But when LeBron left, the Heat made a decision. They decided to make sure that Chris Bosch didn't go to Houston. And they maxed out Chris. And Chris had the same agent as Dwayne, Henry Thomas. They took care of Chris. They didn't take care of Dwayne. And to me, everything that happened in the next two years was a result of that decision. I just want to go back to your sort of recollections following it of, you know, the idea that Dwayne would be here with Chris, but LeBron wouldn't, but Dwayne was still a little bit in limbo during that period. Yeah. I think you talk about, you know, when we look at Udonis's career, similarly sacrificed, right. And Dwayne is obviously as much as we all love UD, a much bigger player in, in the big pool of the NBA. Right. So uh, it's understandable that he felt slighted in a way because he gave up to get those guys here. He certainly was a big part of getting them to come to Miami in the first place. Um, I, the way that I remember it, and I think you, Ethan, probably have a similar feeling, I guess, is sometimes you look at players as players. Sometimes you look at them as people mm-hmm. and having through family relationships with like the Lisa Josephs of the world, I didn't take it as much of him leaving as like a fan, I took it like he was making a decision for himself. Um, and so like, well, I was not happy to see him go to Chicago. I guess I understood in a way. And I think we looking back at it as fans now, removing the emotion, understand that why he felt the way he did and why he made that decision. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I just feel like that's the way. No, that- I, I, I I think it was. And I think if you look at the two years in totality, so if we go from 2014, the decision to max out Chris, who Dwayne was close with and actually became closer with after Chris was maxed out. Okay. So we talk about resentments and stuff. There really wasn't any from Dwayne to Chris directly. They became much closer friends after LeBron left. I talked about that on playback yesterday. Um, I did a big piece on Chris and Dwayne uh, in 2016, when Chris, uh, when they were up at the all-star game, Chris had made the all-star team uh, with Dwayne in Toronto. And that's when the blood clots were discovered again uh, for the second time. And I had a piece that was scheduled to run and it did end up running, but it was scheduled to run literally that day and on the front of the Miami Herald, the main page of the Miami Herald, because I had spent about an hour speaking to both Adrian Bosch and 
uh, Gabby Union about this friendship between Dwayne and Chris that had blossomed really since LeBron left. And a lot of the piece was about how when LeBron was still there, Dwayne uh, was always with LeBron on the road. I mean, they were always together. And LeBron, you know, for all his billions, he has very simple tastes. Like, so like LeBron and Dwayne, they'd like hit a cheesecake factory or something like that on the road. Okay. Or whatever, order in together. Chris has much more elevated taste uh, and, or did at the time than, than LeBron did. And so it was really Chris that kind of introduced Dwayne to seafood, to wine, to good restaurants. They were together all the time during that period of time and developed this really incredible bond that 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 persists, actually. There was a picture uh, that I think the wives posted, Adrian and Gabby posted of the four of them together a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, that's that's always been there. And so I don't think that Dwayne was resentful to Chris for it, but I think there was resentment towards the organization because Dwayne had already sacrificed so then you have the 14-15 season, which was kind of a disaster, if you remember. And, and I know Norris is part of this, too. They never got their starting lineup together. Um, Norris was hurt. Josh McRoberts was hurt. Um, they were playing Henry Walker at the end of games. I mean, it was just the drop-off was incredible from what they had before, Beasley, etc. And then 15-16, you know, they make the trade for Dragic late in the 14-15 season, and there's an adjustment period with Dwayne. Um and again, really warm feelings between the two of them. But basketball-wise, it was tough for Goran because he, like, revered Dwayne in a way that I've actually never even seen a star-level player revere Dwayne. Like, he really, like, the respect was incredible, but it led to Goran standing in the corner all the time uh, while Dwayne kind of went back to what he was doing in 08, 09, 09, 10 without sort of the same health or the, quite the same athletic ability that he had at that stage. And so 14, 15 was a disaster in a lot of ways. 15, 16, they, they looked like they had a, t a squad, <laughs> right? As long as Chris was going to be. And, and then obviously, you know, they did get to the, the second round. They lost in game seven to Toronto. Bosch, uh, again, the blood clot situation again. A lot of bad blood between the Bosch family and, and the Heat, even though the Heat were trying to do the right thing. It was very uncomfortable at the end there. And Whiteside got hurt too in the playoffs. And so they end up losing and they don't advance to play Cleveland. And I remember, I always remember Dwayne after that, because that postseason in 15-16, he was a star again. Like it was, it was him and against purple shirt guy. It was, they were counting on him again. And you just had a feeling that he kind of knew it was over. I, I don't know. Like I remember talking to him in the locker room in Toronto and we, a couple of us walked with him towards the bus. And I wrote a piece about it afterwards that you just weren't sure. It was the first time that you just weren't sure that he was going to be back. And a lot of that, Sean, was due to the previous year, which was they had the thing in 14 where, you know, he doesn't get sort of maxed out. So his contract's up again in 15. And Pat and Henry Thomas at that point, and Henry had a great relationship with the Heat for years through Tim Hardaway, others. Uh, Henry, may he rest in peace, a very distinguished man as an agent, different than a lot of the agents that you deal with. But he and Pat didn't see eye to eye about that situation in 15 to the point that they both got out of the room. And I, Tim Reynolds reported this first to credit to him. And it was it was the Arisons who invited Dwayne to the house to bang out without without Pat or, or Henry to bang out a one year, 20 million dollar contract. And that left it open ended for the next year. And that's why, again, when we left in Toronto, we we're like, OK, is he going to be back? They got close to challenging Cleveland. Um, in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they could have beaten Cleveland if they'd been 100% healthy. 
And then you get to that off season and I spoke to Dwayne uh, leading up to it and he was hurt. I, I think that's the thing. He was hurt. He wasn't angry. He was hurt. He, he was hurt that Pat didn't step in. Uh, you know, they went after Whiteside as soon as it hit 1201 because they kind of had to because there were three other teams that were going to max him too. But it was also the pursuit of Durant. It was the pursuit of Durant when they really didn't have a chance to get Durant. And after Dwayne had made those sacrifices, and I'll just reveal it, I will tell you that Gabrielle was angrier than Dwayne was. Um, and I think she was angrier than Dwayne was because, well, I know, because, I mean, she thought, I mean, it, she thought that Pat was a father figure to Dwayne, and in a lot of ways he had abandoned him. But Pat felt he, he you know, Dwayne was overseas, and he kind of just let it play out because he felt that he'd gotten in the way the past year. So it was kind of just a miscommunication, and, and Pat addressed that again where he talked about the mistakes that were made and that, and that, you know, he, that they, they, they didn't treat him right. And then it was their mistake. But I think the reason that, that this is so significant this weekend and that video that the heat put out, Sean, is that I would argue that, and that video, if you didn't see it had basically every era of heat player. I was surprised Mike Miller and Ray Allen were not in it, but they're still great friends with Dwayne. But they had everybody from Earl Barron to Michael Doliak to, <laughs> to to everyone. I would, but the thing is, I think that that bringing him back, and we'll get into the specifics of this, but bringing him back uh, is the single most important thing the organization has done in the past decade. I think I think it, it, in the past twenty five years, it ranks with Mickey bringing Pat down, um, because I I just I don't think any of this good stuff now is happening. I think that. The bad blood when your best player, and this will come up with Portland and Dame, when your best player best player in history or one of your top two or three top players in Dame's case is not happy with the organization, it colors the way that other players see that organization. Jimmy would not be here um, if if they hadn't patched things up. He may not be here if, if Dwayne hadn't gone to Chicago, but he, he wouldn't be here. And I just think that everybody would look at the Heat a lot differently uh, than they do now. Yeah, it definitely patched a hole that would have been probably still existing to this point. You don't have Jimmy if that doesn't happen. Um, you know, the way that they've treated Jimmy and Bam being the two stars since that moment, I think you can see a difference, right? They took care of Bam essentially right away. They've taken care of Jimmy. Um, and no, it's it's good to see that the lesson was learned, right? You treat your star in a certain way. And they've still explored, you know, you talked about exploring Durant that summer, LaMarcus Aldridge, all those times where they were exploring, trying to get guys in when they maybe didn't really have a path. They're still going to do that but you got to take care of the people in house first too. And, um, you know, I remember, I don't know if we're going to get to that point, but like when he came back, it was on the trade deadline day. And I remember yes. getting that notification. I was teaching at the time in Hilton head high school and I got the notification on my phone and I like stopped class and, and like the joy that came into us. Right. It wasn't that Dwayne Wade from the 06 finals was coming, but it was just Dwayne Wade was coming home. And I just remember then, you know, after that, the experience of seeing him get off the plane with Gabby, then, you know, the buildup of him coming back. And then the following year, the the whole, you know, celebration of him, it just really was a good feeling, even though those teams, and you've hinted towards this, especially last season when things were looking bleak, it made that season relevant in a way that it normally wouldn't have been. Yeah, you really don't remember anything else from that season. I mean, it, it's it's all Dwayne-related memories. It's the triple double with Haslam making the shot at the end. It's the last game with him sitting with Jimmy uh, together. It, they're all, they're all Dwayne memories uh, from the return. And he was still a functional player. I mean, the reality was 
he kind of got his conditioning right. And I don't mean conditioning like like he was fat. I mean, like conditioning, like in terms of his knee, in terms of his approach, he had made a change in trainers to that point. Um, and he managed to still play at a level where I think he probably could have played there for another year or two. You go back to the the trade deadline day when he's acquired. And I, well, a couple of things. One good point on, on that about taking care of guys. It did totally change their approach. Um, almost too much that they overcorrected. You know, if you look at what happened first in 2016 when Dwayne left and they maxed out Tyler Johnson. Well, not maxed it, but they they matched the offer to Tyler Johnson, and they made a bunch of smart moves in the 15 in the 16 offseason. Like they had a they had six moves lined up when Dwayne left, and the they were they were good moves for the most part. The James Johnson move was a good move. The the Dion Waiters for one year and 2.7 million dollars a make good contract for for a former top five guy. But they overcorrected the next summer, and and, and with with the contracts not to a limit because they were they were trying to bring him in, but to Whiteside to James uh, well Whiteside already done, but to James Johnson and uh, and to Dion in particular, and the reason they overcorrected in my view is because they had this reputation of taking care of their guys and being a family organization, and when your best player feels that kind of way, and I said this on playback, it wasn't just Dwayne. Remember, pretty much everybody from the Big Three era left unhappy. And those things don't always work out the right way. We see how Jordan Pippen are now and other, but it wasn't just Bosch was unhappy with the organization. And I think he's since he knows the organization was right now. Okay. But he was unhappy. Mike Miller was amnestied. And not only that, wasn't he amnestied, but then he had the issue with the guy who kind of built everybody out of money and there was a whole thing. So he was not happy. Ray Allen was pissed off the entire last year. With everything, with Spo, with everything. Shane was not in a good mood the last year of the big three uh, era, okay? He he kind of knew this. He he admitted that he kind of checked out. I'm, I, I mean, he might not like me using those words, but he admitted that he knew in, in, in the preseason that year that he wasn't really as into it as he was before. Mario Chalmers, when he left, he basically said to me in the locker room, because they didn't know if they were going to trade him, not trade him. This was after that uh, that period. He's like, one of these MFers going to let me know what's going on in my situation. Birdman was not happy. Uh, nobody was happy at the end of it. Okay, I don't. I don't. JJ wasn't happy. Like they 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 were a group that was an extremely intelligent group that felt they had built a bond. And, and again, in most cases, that's going to happen to a lot of guys. But it was pretty much everybody. <laughs> and with LeBron, wasn't happy with Pat when he left. And so now you have Dwayne. You had to overcorrect, I think, and they did overcorrect. Um, and now, you, again, you mention it with Butler and with with uh, with Bam. Now they maxed out Jimmy completely. When some said they shouldn't, it was the right move. Uh, and Bam, they gave him his money early, even though that kind of hurt them in the Giannis pursuit and the other pursuits. They took care of him, and they took care of Tyler too. So they have taken care of their own guys consistently since that mistake and i just before we go to break i just want to mention this one other thing because you hit on it the trade deadline where people don't understand how random this was when everybody talks about okay this team is talking to this team or this team gms talk to each other all the time okay and annie ellisberg was having sort of a random you know check-in conversation with kobe altman from cleveland and just you know disclosure here i know kobe fairly well because the year i covered the Cavs, kobe was like fourth on a totem pole there behind griffin and roger bell and he was staying at the same hotel I was staying at. So we would, you know, hang out at the bar. Okay. And he would ask me questions about Pat and the heat. So he was fascinated by the heat. And he he had a conversation with Andy and they're going through their roster. And Kobe basically says to Andy, 
you want Dwayne back? I mean, that's pretty much how it happened. It was not the Heat checking in on Dwayne. And Dwayne's situation in Cleveland had kind of petered out. Like, that team was struggling. It wasn't a good fit. He did a good job off the bench for them for a while. But I think LeBron was kind of unattached at that point. Um, he'd seen the best of Dwayne before. That wasn't the best of Dwayne. And, and LeBron ultimately is going to let ambition take the lead. We just saw that with Russ and others. And that was it. That, and, and, and that was basically it. And, and Andy's told this story, but he went into Spoh's office and said, do you want Dwayne back? And, and Spoh was like, Dwayne who? Because it wasn't, it wasn't even anything that anybody was considering. And I, I do believe that one conversation, everybody can be pissed at the Cavs and all that. Cleveland Cavaliers, in a lot of ways, saved the Miami Heat. They saved the Miami Heat. They made this weekend memorable, Sean. On the flip of that, I don't know if you know this, did Kobe ask Dwayne if he wanted? Because that's a Cavs team that went to the finals. They got swept, I believe. But, I mean, that's a team that went to the finals. I mean, that was a good team that you're getting traded off of. And if you're Dwayne... I mean, even if you're at a reduced role, don't you want to sit on the bench maybe and be a reduced role and get a championship? I just wonder if it, it got flipped to him. I don't know if it got flipped that way specifically, but I know Dwayne approved it. Um, so obviously that that he was on in on it. And and I think at that point, when you've been through all that stuff, you just want to go home. I mean, he tried to go home to Chicago. And when I talked to him about his choices, and I'll tell this one more time, but we were going through that entire process and I was talking to Dwayne a lot. And there was another media member who I'm friendly with who was talking to Pat a lot. Uh, and people probably know who that was. And there were these two different perspectives. And But Dwayne was, again, he was more hurt than anything. And I remember texting him. He was listening to our radio shows when that particular other media member who used to host the show that I was then hosting, we came on and we debated it. Dwayne was listening from a hotel room. He wanted to know what time it was going to be on. And we we were talking about the whole thing. And then Dwayne basically, I, I texted him the day of, because Denver was in the picture. There was kind of a deadline with Chicago. And I said, and but he was going to talk to Mickey one last time. And I said, uh, I said, what happened? And he texted me. He said, they didn't even try. He said, there was a hug and that was it. They didn't even try. And I, I think that actually, I actually went with that and it got aggregated everywhere. And that was basically... That was the end. And I, I think that um, they didn't want to go. I mean, they, they tried to make the Chicago situation. I remember um, Mike Wallace and I and a couple of other reporters were at, he, he held a camp after he was going to Chicago. He'd already chosen Chicago, held a camp in downtown Miami. I forgot exactly where it was. It's the only picture I ever took with Dwayne, actually, because I waited until he was done uh, <laughs> to, to finally take. And uh they were making plans. They were planning press conferences and they were planning all kinds of different stuff up there. Lisa, as you know, was running a lot of his affairs. She was trying to get everything organized for him. She was there. And they basically, but Dwayne was just, he just seemed melancholy. He just seemed like he was talking himself into it because at that point, Chicago really wasn't home. Like it, it was home growing up. Obviously there were personal stuff that he'd had to deal with every time he went back to Chicago. It wasn't, it, I, you know, he chose it, I think, because he could justify it. They offered him the money and he could say, sort of like LeBron did, I'm going home. But Chicago wasn't home for him at that point, like Akron was home for, for LeBron. And I this is home for Dwayne. And and that's why I think it was a pretty easy decision after bouncing around. You know, then you try to you so you try to chase the old glory of Chicago. It's not a good situation. Him and Jimmy were kind of against Rondo at that point. Then I know Dwayne patched things up with Rondo, but there was a weird dynamic in that locker room. Dwayne was complaining all the time up there 
kind of like Jay Rich was in Philadelphia, that this isn't run like Miami's run. And even the reporters in Chicago, I talked to a lot of them who liked Dwayne and they knew Dwayne from a long time ago. They said they would tell me stories about Dwayne with the reporters and be like, he wasn't like that here. I, I just don't think he was happy. I don't think he was comfortable. And then so, okay, so then what do you do? You latch on to the next situation, which is, okay, I'm going to go play with my my friend again. And that wasn't right. And I can tell you because I covered that organization. That organization was not, and it's not no disrespect to to anybody in particular. I like Griff. I like Kobe. It wasn't run. It was run by LeBron. It wasn't run like the Heat organization is run. And so I don't think he was entirely comfortable there. And so you're getting offered a chance to come home and play <laughs> And, you know, and, and then from the marketing perspective, which is always on Dwayne's mind, like all of it together, I, I just think it's an easy decision. I think at that point that meant more to him, Sean, than having a shot at the championship. I think he knew when he came back, there wasn't going to be a championship here. Um, but I just think it meant more to him. All right. After the break, I want to get into what this means in general. We're going to wrap up an entire week of episodes leading to the Hall of Fame. Uh, so I'll let Sean lead on that. I do want to mention a couple of great sponsors in the Five Reasons Sports Network. Prize Picks, use the code 5FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. Prize Picks is the place to play FIBA. FIBA stuff's coming up, okay, for obviously Team USA. Maybe you want to watch Jovic play before he's here or in Portland. We don't know yet. But go to Prize Picks, use the code 5FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. You can get it from prizepicks.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. Also, Better Edge, that's our betting partner, legal in 45 states. Now, go to betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN, that's the number 5RSN. You get $20 of free play. We're going to run in contests there, lots of other stuff. Sean's heavily involved with us over at Better Edge. If you're a football fan, you're going to want to be there. So go to betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN, prizepicks, use the code 5 Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard so better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. It means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So he's going in the Hall of Fame finally. He's he's closing. He's the last guy introduced. Um, and it is a great class. It's the, it's the right class for him in a lot of different ways. Obviously, the battles with Pop, the battles with Dirk, uh, he and Pow, I just, I, they're similar to me in a lot of ways, personality-wise, actually. Uh, and Tony Parker, who was one of the great guards of the era that, that Dwayne got matched up against a lot uh, over the course of, of those two finals. Um, how do you put this into perspective? Yeah, I think for us as Heat fans, it's a different experience than the other guys that we've had go in because we, he was with us. We drafted him. He was with us for the majority of his career. You think of him as a Heat player, not these other guys that, you know, Alonzo, I think, is the closest one to, yes, he had some time in Charlotte, but most of what you think of is in Miami. And, um, you know, I think it's it's been a cool week, not just the podcast, not just like people sharing stories, former players, but like the fan um the fan experience of who, you know, I remember working at the arena when he got drafted that night. I remember going to however many great games. All of us have these stories of whether you're of a certain age, it made you fall in love with basketball. He kind of redefined a town into a basketball town when it was really a football town for most of us that are, are probably what, 30 plus, 35 plus. Um, I wish that's all I was. A, yes. <laughs> I was, I was going to put you on the spot, man. Yeah. 39 again. Right. It's something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, but no, like, I just think, you know, he, he's such a great ambassador. He, he embodies, you know, all the qualities, whether it's basketball, but also as a person. And these things have been said all week by various people across the board. It's just, um, it, it's, it's just a very cool experience for people that watched him kind of grow up in Miami as a person and a player. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I, this is in a lot of ways, Zoe's is the closest. There's no question. Uh, Cause he kind of established the culture of the organization, but it, it really is about Dwayne. And, and for me personally, um, you know, it, it is significant. I, I wish I could have gotten up there this weekend, but obviously we'll, we'll be involved. We'll do it in playback and all that. But I, I think the thing about Dwayne that makes this so significant is it wasn't perfect. Um, it wasn't, it, it wasn't that kind of career where it was just, all straight up, you know, the fact that he had the lows, you know, of 07, 08, uh, having to deal with that stuff and the injuries that he dealt with during the big three, just to get on the court. I mean, really just to get on the court, we would watch that on a regular basis. Like the work that he would have to put in the fight with his body. When you can, you, when you used to be able to do something and you can't do it at that level anymore, but your mind believes you can. And, and just the way that, that, that aided him, um, you know, I go back to that series in Indiana in 2012. I, I, that is to me, that embodied Dwayne. It was, you know, the whole fall down, eight, get up nine or whatever it was. He was awful in that series. He was awful. He was fighting his body. He wasn't smiling with anybody. He snapped at me in the locker room once, which he very rarely did. Okay. For a pretty innocuous question. It was something I was asking, uh, related to Spo and he was on edge with Spo at that point. So he actually, after I asked him the question, he pulled me aside after and says, what are you doing that for? He says, you know, I can't say this or that or whatever. And cause, cause he was just, he was in that mind space. 
And then I remember, he, you know, he disappeared to Indiana to uni university to go meet with to see to go to the campus, see Crean, get his knee drained. Uh, and then I, I always remember that layup, the, the layup at the end, of the first half in game four it was right in front of us. We sat baseline. This was this was after a game after he and Spo went at it on the sideline and UD had to hold that I mean, you talk about holding Jimmy back and spell back. He held Dwayne back. Okay. Because he, he didn't think Dwayne was in the right in that case, the way that I viewed it. Um, and there were things that were said that never got out, but Brian Windhorst and I heard uh, there was some nasty stuff that Dwayne said to Spo because he was in that space. And then to come back, you know, in that, in that same series, in that same building, he gets the layup before the end of the first half. And then without Chris Bosch, Dwayne and LeBron played, two and a half games of the best two man basketball I've ever seen live. We can talk about, you know, Michael and, and Scotty or Kyrie and LeBron or whatever, but they just went off for two and a half games. And Dwayne was as big a part of that as Braun was. And that embodied all of it. Um, but also for me personally, he is somebody who uh, over the years, and I'll just tell one story. I was going through some stuff in, Oh, he came back with Chicago. And there was some personal stuff I was dealing with that night, the very night he came back in Chicago. And uh, I will just tell you that he literally checked on me that night on the plane, sent a DM uh, to check. And I just, to me, that is, you know, Dwayne, you don't have to talk to somebody every day, but there was, uh, you know, there's respect he had for certain reporters who were around and he understood what our jobs were and he understood the pressures that we went through and he grew. Um, he grew because I always tell this in 2005, I was in the locker room in Denver prior to the all-star game. They used to let us in the locker room beforehand. Everybody was with Bron. Chris Perkins and I were with Dwayne. We were joking around with Dwayne. I remember walking out with Perk who now covers the dolphins again for the sun Sentinel. And I said, I don't really have anything to say to him. He doesn't really have, there's really nothing to talk to Dwayne about. Could you imagine saying that now? <laughs> he talks, he can literally talk about anything. Okay. He's become not just a role model. He's become an activist. Uh, he's become a businessman. He's become a risk taker. Uh, he's obviously a great family man. And I, I just, uh, I just have enormous respect uh, for him and what he's accomplished. And, uh, and, and then, I, and I'll just close with this. He came, he came back, uh, you know, the game he came back most recently to the arena and he stayed on the floor afterwards, signing autographs, taking pictures, just like he was like a regular fan. And uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that Heat fans relate. He belongs back in this organization. They need to rectify that. They rectified everything else in 2016. He doesn't belong in Utah. So I understand his business. I get it. I'm not blaming anybody for it. But someday he needs to be back, you know, regularly. And I understand his issues with the state of Florida because I have some of the same but he needs to be back in the state. He needs to be back in that building more often. And he needs to have a role in that organization because that organization is where it is in large part because of Dwayne Wade. Thanks to Sean. Thanks to our sponsors, markbrownpa.com. Better Edge, use code 5RSN. Prize picks, use that code 5. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.